0: This podcast is built on four foundational principles, clarity, simplicity, inspiration, and implementation. Today, we're gonna go down the road of inspiration and we'll learn from some of the wealthiest musicians of all time. What they've managed to do is, well, it's very impressive and very inspiring.
1: It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Lee, well, I'm looking forward to this conversation today. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Learning from people that have been successful is something I think we all try to do, right? We try to model ourselves after someone, take take some things that we can learn, some lessons, and apply them to our own life. Today, we're going to do that with some very rich people. And look, we might not become musicians by the end of this, but we can do some things to improve our financial situation, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. We, when we think about successful people and you know business people and people doing well financially, we, many times we don't really think about musicians and some of the things that they can do outside of their music. So yeah, it should be a pretty fun topic today. Looking forward to it.
1: Well, if you haven't joined us before, this is My Retirement Clarity. I am Ben George. That's Lee Perkins. He's the owner and financial advisor at JL Perkins Wealth Management. You can find us online, myretirementclarity.com. That is the website. And Lee, you know, we do this podcast. We've been doing it for a little while. We've had some really good feedback and we appreciate all the listeners. But I, I heard you are doing a little expanding and maybe offering some other content.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we, this past Friday, I, I got a kind of a wild hair and I said, you know what, I'm going to turn one of our, our empty offices here into a video studio. And so I kind of mapped out things and I've turned one kind of bigger conference room slash office into a video studio with, with lighting and sound and a re- couple of really neat backdrops. And it's going to allow us to, to do a lot of things as far as pushing out Useful content to to some of our 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 folks who are in our you know listen to our podcast or, or clients and also folks who are mm-hmm. kind of checking out a firm our firm wanting to know if we may be a good fit so we'll post a lot of that content on our website we'll of course uh, push it out to people uh, via email as well so yeah we're we're excited about it I think it looks really good. Uh, Tracy and Donna came into the office this morning and they were like, "Wow, can we hire you to uh <laughs> to, to remodel or do something like that at our house. And I said, no, absolutely not. This was, uh, (laughs) I I pushed the limits of what, what I'm capable of doing, but I'm, I'm proud of it and excited about it. So it should be fun.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to see how that turns out uh, once you're on video. Is that all going to be on myretirementclarity.com as well? Yes. Yep. It
0: will be. It sure will. Very good. And and we're also building out a college type course. Um, It's going to be Retirement Clarity University is going to be, be that. And we'll build out some courses for prospects, uh, folks who aren't clients of our firm, but also for a, a different set of courses for, for folks who are clients of ours. So yeah, we're really excited about that. And that should probably be online up and running within the next month or so.
1: Awesome. That's great stuff. So check it out, MyRetirementClarity.com once you get done listening to the podcast. Let's begin this show with a little bit of news. Um, you know, this last year has obviously been very tumultuous, up and down. It seems like we've been very dividedly in many aspects. But, you know, Warren Buffett, as we all know, Warren Buffett, the billionaire investor, his CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, his annual letter went out to uh, shareholders, and in it, he said to never bet against America. He said it's easy to overlook the many miracles occur- uh, occurring in middle America right now. So, you know, even though you know, if you look at the news anywhere, it feels like we're very, very divided. But, you know, Buffett sees a lot of ambition and innovation happening right now in American uh, businesses and, and within business owners. Are you that bullish on America as Buffett is?
0: I am. I am. Uh, it, it's easy right now to sort of have a gloom and doom uh, outlook with with what's going on in, you know, with what our media reports to us and and everything that's happened in the the political environment over the last several months. But, you know despite all that that kind of stuff Americans are very very smart many times individual Americans they have the the know-how and the wherewithal to solve problems if they see and I, i'm i'm absolutely bullish on america uh because i, th- I think we, if, if there's a problem somebody out there is going to solve it and and they'll figure out a way to to make money on it, it it's we live in a capitalistic society and i'm i'm fully confident that um, that we will overcome any kind of uh, divisiveness that's going on in our country right now. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, that's, too, because, um, you know, you look at all the things that small businesses especially have done over the last year to to adapt and survive um, everything that's come their way, Many, many of it, most of it out of their control. Um, so it, it does kind of speak to, to how innovative that, that we are. And I'm excited about the future, too. And I think a lot of people are optimistic about where we're headed. So uh, I'm, glad yeah. that, I'm glad that you agree with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Think about how, just go back. Think, think about how, when all the, the ventilator shortages were happening, how, how companies just, just in a matter of a couple of weeks, change their assembly lines to start doing, you know, producing ventilators or or doing masks or all those kind of things. So yeah, I'm a, a big fan of American ingenuity.
1: Well, time to get going into our main topic today on musicians. What lessons can we learn about money from some of the richest musicians in the world? So we're going to go through, let's see, I picked out four for us to talk about today. I think all of them are very recognizable, no matter what, uh, you know, what kind of music you prefer, what do you listen to, what radio station you turn on. It doesn't matter. There's lessons to be learned here along the way. So I want to start off with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Okay. Andrew Lloyd Webber, richest musician in history. You probably know him because of... A lot of his uh, his Broadway specials, Jesus Christ Superstar, Cats, Fan of the Opera, all these continue to bring in millions and millions for him. Um, his net worth is actually 1.2 billion. But I think what is really cool about what Andrew Lloyd Webber has done back in 1977, he set up a company that ensures that he shares in the profits of his works in any form, any form, including all the ticketing agencies and the venues. So that obviously is very. Uh, ingenious, but what can we learn about what he's done over the course of his career?
0: Yeah, I, I think of all the the musicians that we're going to talk about here today, he's probably the one that I would not have put on this list. Probably because I don't run in the circles of of Broadway and and those kind of things. And if I hear a soundtrack in a movie, I'm, I may not know who that is. But I, I think a lot of us we hear a bunch of his stuff without really knowing that it is his. But in, in some ways, you could make the, the argument that he may be the smartest person on this because of just what you said. He's able to always participate in the profits, uh, you know, getting a cut from from ticketing agencies and venues and things like that. And there's a lot of money in that. I mean, just recently, my my daughter, she was participating in a competition cheer event. And the only way that we could purchase tickets to go to that was going through, I think it was Ticketmaster what what my wife said. And, yeah, and they put f- stack fees upon fees so a, a $10 ticket for us to get in was like 18 bucks. Right. And so, yeah, there's lots of money in there, but he's he, he had the, the foresight enough to to build that into to his contract. So he he's got this money coming in. So when you sort of make the comparison to how things can work in retirement, it really highlights the importance of having a residual income or or maybe even a couple of income streams to make sure that that you've got paychecks always coming in. Now, of course, years ago, income streams like company pensions were, they were very common. And that's how a lot of our parents or grandparents lived in retirement. But certainly nowadays, most companies have opted for 401k plans you know, for, as a retirement vehicle for their employees. Um, and, and company pensions are simply going away. So the responsibility of, of income in retirement has now shifted to us and, and not really our company. So that's why it's so important for us to, for everybody to save for your own retirement. So, and really, if you do things right in retirement, you can actually generate income from several different sources while you are retired, but you got to be disciplined enough to put money away before you retire. You know, it's like I, I say, when you've got money, you have options. And and some people simply are just going to have more options than than others uh Andrew Lloyd Webber is certainly going to have more options than um uh, than me or probably most of the people listening to the podcast cuz he is Andrew is rolling in the dough man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: You could say. I mean, 1.2 billion dollars is net. Worth yep,
0: with a B, out. with a yeah. B. Yep.
1: That's where we all we'd love to be there if we could. Oh yeah. Um but I think the common thing we're going to hear a lot during this conversation is multiple revenue streams and you know right. Bono is someone else that Falls in that category. You you probably know him as the front man for U two, right? That's that's how he's most well known. But when you kind of get away from the music or just you know what he does on stage and just in recording albums, you look at all that he's gotten into, and his net worth now is at six hundred million. Okay, so in order to get there, what he's done is. You know, he's got into venture capital as much as he has put in time into his music. So he's in a major investor into the uh, Facebook IPO. I don't know if many people realize that. I didn't actually realize that until doing a little research on him. But you even look at U2's 360 tour. It grossed nearly $800 million from 2009 to 2011, which was one of the biggest tours ever in history. And he has so many other investments too, that you go on and on, including a clothing line and a five-star hotel
0: yeah he you know bono's not he's not one of my favorite musicians um i don't know why i think he just always seemed a little bit too out there for me almost like he was trying to be really cool yeah you know i guess if you got 600 million dollars you are pretty cool <laughs> yeah. but i've just never been a, a huge fan of his music um however from a business standpoint he's very very sharp um you know he's very well diversified you know both from an investment standpoint and, and multiple income streams but he's he's not too reliant on any one thing Uh, certainly if his music career was over tomorrow he'd still be a multi-millionaire forever as long as he didn't you know spend crazy crazy money doing doing dumb things uh he certainly hit some home runs in his career like you said i i didn't know that he was in on the the facebook ipo so that was clearly a a gamble that paid off and certainly he had the money to do that um and of course his music has certainly been the primary source of his income. Um, but, you know, he's done a bunch of other things. So kind of the, the retirement lesson here is, is diversification is, is very important. And, and we talk about it all the time in, in regards to, to having a well-diversified portfolio. Uh, but I do meet folks sometimes that want to venture out, sort of, you know, scratch that entrepreneurial itch. Um, and I'm usually going to be very supportive, you know, because, hey, I, I'm certainly an entrepreneur too. I've, of course, you know, run this financial planning firm. And you have many, as many of you know, I, for 13 years, my wife and I owned a Cold Stone Creamery, an ice cream franchise. Uh, you, you just got to know the risk and make sure that you don't put yourself in a position to lose all of your money in any single business venture. You know, if you've got $50,000 or $100,000, if that's a small enough portion of your overall net worth and you want to go do something crazy, and you could stomach losing all of that. Hey, go, go for it. Go for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that's the lesson from Bono, and uh, there's definitely some things to learn. I'm not a big YouTube fan either, but um, yeah, $600 million will make you kind of pause for a second and see exactly what he's up to.
0: Hey there. Sorry to interrupt the show, but I wanted to take just a minute to tell you about a new book I've written called Diffuse, How to Protect Your IRA or 401k, from the IRS ticking tax time bomb. It's a really easy read and it gives you specific strategies that you can implement right now to be better prepared for increasing taxes. Now, we all know taxes are very likely to increase in the future. And with all the recent stimulus packages, I believe that even more. So I'm making this book available to you, the listener of the show. So here's how you get it. Just text the word "diffuse" to 474747. Give us a good mailing address and we'll send it right out. I'll even pick up the shipping cost. Again, just text the word "diffuse" to 474747 and get your copy today. Now back to the show.
1: All right, our third musician today, Sean Combs. You know who Sean Combs is, Lee?
0: If you just said Sean Combs, it might take me a minute to figure out that he is Puff Daddy and P. Diddy and has got several other names.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's had a few through the years, but he's the famous rapper um, that's been around for a few decades now, but he was the first rapper to really build an empire around his music. And now his net worth is over $500 million. You probably recognize him from the Sean John clothing line. He also owns a piece of Ciroc Vodka, uh, has his own cable music network. I mean, he's done a ton. And his music business accounts For only about 20% of his revenue. So you see, like, the everything beyond the music is really what has helped drive the net worth for him.
0: Yeah. So when I first saw Diddy, I'm going to just call him Diddy. When I first saw Diddy on this list for us to discuss, you know, I I had one thought. Uh, I I saw a quote one time that I absolutely loved and I looked it up to make sure I was going to say it right. But it was actually Jay Z, uh, another famous rapper, that said it. But I think the same thing would apply to to P Diddy here. And so what Jay Z said, he said, "I'm not a businessman." He said, "I'm a business man." And so it's really one of my favorite quotes. And so P Diddy really is a business. He himself is a business. Um, and and so like you know the the other two artists we've we've discussed, P Diddy really shown the the importance of of investing in other things being diversified but investing in staples sort of and not fads you know for for him it's like you said it's clothes alcohol people are always going to buy clothes and they're i guess they're always going to buy alcohol Um, also the cable music network you know people are going to listen to music all those kind of things Um, so for people who are, are facing retirement or in retirement I think the lesson here is to invest in sort of the tried and true strategies, and and don't get caught up in things like Bitcoin or you know years ago the the Iraqi dinar or all these kind of cryptocurrencies or maybe even you know Beanie Babies back back in the nineties. Those kind of things are are gonna come and go. Now, it, could there be some some room for cryptocurrencies in the future? There could be, but man, I, I wouldn't put every dime I have in, in any of that right now because we are still in the the wild, wild west of that kind of thing. But again, the lesson here, invest in the tried and true and, and you'll be fine.
1: Right, yeah, there's just so much volatility in those areas that, you know, even if it does go up, it might there might be a lot up and down to get there and you might not be able to stomach it along yeah, the way.
0: Yeah, exactly. And for our, our clients who are, are pre-retirees, you know, folks that are almost retired or folks that are retired – that, that kind of volatility is not, is not good.
1: Yeah. All right. Last, last musician I want to talk about today is Dolly Parton. We all know Dolly. Dolly is a tremendous person, not only a great musician, but she's given back so much to the world as well. But her net worth now is $450 million. Now some things to know about Dolly, obviously you know about Dollywood. She bought that theme park in 1986 and rebranded it. But I think, I think the things that a lot of people don't know about is she's such a very good business woman. Like, her music, we all know a lot of the songs she's done, but she's written thousands of songs that other artists have made famous, like Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You was actually a Dolly Parton song, so she makes money off of that. Um, but, but the way she markets herself and her story has helped kind of build this brand and this uh, and this identity for her that she's really been able to, to profit on over the years.
0: Yeah, I remember when I first heard the, the song I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston, I can't remember how old I was. I was probably in my mid-20s mid or maybe early 20s, but I went to my parents and I was like, y'all got to hear this song. And they were like, yeah, you know Dolly Parton <laughs> <laughs> sang, sang that song. And I was like, okay, d- didn't know that. But yeah, my wife Pam absolutely loves uh, Dolly Parton. I-, I bet she's watched the movie Coat of Many Colors probably 50 times. Uh, she's also been to Dollywood several times. Uh, I've never actually been, but anyway, Dolly is super, super talented. Uh, and I think what we can learn from somebody like her is, is probably patience. You know, she, she really came from humble beginnings, um, you know, but worked really, really hard. And she slowly built herself into a success over time. It didn't happen overnight like, like a lot of folks. You know, she didn't buy into an IPO and was an, an instant millionaire. Um, so, it, really, if you're one of those folks who's kind of on the cusp of retirement, your retirement savings, your 401k, that thing didn't just appear overnight. That that account represents years and years of hard work, savings, and, and patience. And so, at some point, it'll certainly pay off. So, if if you're close to retirement, it's certainly not wise to to get greedy and start chasing huge returns on your money because... You know, at some point in your life, as you get closer to retirement, it may be more important for you to focus on slower growth, you know, protecting your assets and making sure that your income is, is going to be there. And I would say, Ben, far too often I see, see people who are in the last year or two of their, their working career really taking on too much risk trying to, to reach a certain number in their retirement account. And I, I would tell you to be very, very careful with this strategy, because the gains that you can make in the last year of that retirement probably won't make a huge difference in your retirement lifestyle. But if you have a huge loss, those losses could really, really hurt you, certainly more than the gains could help you. Um, And it it might even could cause you to, to have to work longer. And so if you've got to work an additional year or two, you've now spent a resource that you can never get back. The most precious resource that we have is time. So, make, make sure you, you're investing the way you need to be and don't, don't take too much risk towards the very end of your career.
1: Yep. Yeah. You know, one of the things that Dolly does that I thought that I've uh, really appreciated is she, she has a book club for, uh, for kids. I don't know if you're aware of this, Lee, but it's called Not the Imagination Library. And uh, all okay. you have to do is sign up, and they send you a book every month. It's absolutely free, but they're just encouraging reading and and literacy. And uh, we've taken advantage of it. We get a cool kids book every month that we spend time with our daughter and read. So, um, you know, she has the money but she's also given a ton back but yeah, yeah she, she these are just four examples i mean we could go through a lot of different musicians but these are four of the most successful that you'll find in the music industry but as you see there's a lot more to it than just the actual day-to-day business for them there's all the everything that goes into it and around it and it's part of the process and these are the things you work on in building a financial plan with an advisor like lee perkins and and whoever it is you work with you try to have all these revenue streams and everything else we've talked about today so uh, i thought it was a a fun fun conversation for sure and i appreciate you kind of uh entertaining that for me lee today
0: yes yeah i enjoyed it i I like what you said there about dolly and and the the book thing And, and i would imagine that each of these other folks that we've talked about here today they they're all giving back in some way now mm-hmm. I, you know I'm not going to get into too much hokey pokey stuff on how you should give back to the community and do all that uh but I think people you know a lot of people who have who've done well financially and I'm not talking about just these rich musicians or folks like that I, I've got lots of clients who've done very well and and they give back not only financially but in their time and just kind of in investing in organizations that they're passionate about. And, and I, I would tell folks, when you're thinking about retiring, think about some of the things that you can do, maybe things that you're passionate about that you can get involved with, if it's volunteering or maybe giving a little money here and there. I think it's a great way to do that and, and sort of uh, make really good use of, of what, you've, what you've accumulated over your lifetime. It's time for the mailbag. We want
1: to hear from you. Well, we have a mailbag question I want to finish out the show with. Came in from Maurice and Macon. So I want to get your thoughts on this. A lot it was very interesting. He says, I have a stockbroker that I've worked with for 30 years, long before I even moved here. I like him very much, and I think he does a great job, but I really have no way of knowing. How can I grade his performance?
0: Boy, that's a difficult question for me to answer because I don't really know what, what you're grading. Are, are you, if he's a stockbroker, I've got a feeling that you're just grading his, his return performance. And so if that's the case, then all you have to do is look at your accounts and look at, you know, look at what the market has done or what, what his strategy is, what he's trying to do. And that's an easy thing to do. I don't like that as just a, a way to grade somebody. Certainly if I was just being graded on, on investments, um, there are times that we, we would do great, but you know, there are time, be other times where it may not be as great. At the end of the day, what you need from an advisor. And Maurice, you said you have a stock broker. I don't know if he's actually an advisor or if he's just somebody buying and selling stocks. I'm not a stock broker. I'm a, I'm a financial planner. You know, When somebody comes in, we're not talking really about the stock market. Uh, very rarely does somebody come in here and sort of you know, say, hey, how did my account do in relation to the uh, S&P 500 or the NASDAQ? We're not talking about that because in retirement, that doesn't matter as much. Sure, you want to get great returns, but I would make sure that your stockbroker is doing way more for you than just getting a return because the investments is just, that's one piece of a, of a full financial plan. The other things are sometimes way more important. So I don't know if I answered your question, Maurice, but you know, if, if you want to talk to me directly, then just reach out to our office or like, um, like we say on the show all the time, you can go to the website, www.talkwithlee.com and, uh, Schedule a 15-minute phone call, and I'll, we'll chat about your situation.
1: Yep, that's the best way to do it, Lee.com. And if you have a, a question for us you want us to answer on the podcast, just send it in to us uh, via the website, myretirementclarity.com. That's where you'll find every episode of the podcast, plus all the other financial resources that Lee and his team at JL Perkins Wealth Management Uh, offer anyone that uh, just wants to learn more, wants to educate themselves more about financial planning, retirement planning, that sort of thing. But again, I always encourage you to spend more time with Lee and really go through your situation. And you can do that by visiting talkwithlee.com. Lee, before we get out of here, we have to let people know about the book offer. If you listen to the show and uh, at all, especially over the last couple of months, you probably heard us mention this, but if you haven't taken advantage, now is the time because it's tax season, it's top of mind, but tax planning always has to happen.
0: Yeah, so Diffuse is a book that we wrote several months ago, and it's all about taxes. And, and my very strong opinion has been that taxes are going to increase. I don't know when, but I think they are very soon. We know the Trump tax cuts are going to expire. They're going to sunset the end of 2025. So anyway, the book is all about steps that you can take to be prepared for increasing taxes. So if you want to pick up a copy of that, if you would, just text the word Diffuse D-E-F-U-S-E diffuse, as in diffusing the ticking tax time bomb. Text the word diffuse to 474747. Give us your name and your mailing address, and we'll get that book out to you the same day.
1: Outstanding. Well, Lee, I've enjoyed it uh, Talking Musicians and Money, and and hopefully we've learned a few things today and we'll apply these lessons to our own financial plan moving forward. Uh, But thanks for the time and look forward to talking to you again soon.
0: Yep, good stuff, man. Have a good week.